The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast, your guide for growing lawn care and landscape startups into a thriving business. This show is dedicated to helping you improve your business and achieve financial success. Your host, Paul Jamison, is the best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash and The Lawn Care Advantage, winning strategies for a thriving landscaping business. Join us as Paul shares his expertise and passion, helping you create a prosperous future. Now, here's your host, Paul Jamison. Welcome to today's episode of the Green Industry Podcast, part two with Megan and Joey Coberly. We had them on yesterday's program. And uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, welcome aboard. Uh, this podcast is all about helping you to transform your lawn and landscape startup into a thriving business. And part of what turned the uh, table or, or corner, so to speak, in my business was really understanding my numbers. And uh, John Pajak helped quite a bit with that. Uh, my friend Rich Jansen helped me understand my numbers. And probably nowadays, who's most dialed in on helping me know my numbers is my good friends, Megan and Joey Coberly. So we're going to dive into uh, the financial components of a lawn care business today. They personally oversee 40 lawn and landscaping businesses, um, guys ranging from 100000 to millions of dollars in revenue. And uh, they really understand the business side of things better than probably just about anybody that I know because they they see 40 uh, different set of books on, on thriving businesses so or businesses that are headed towards that trajectory. So if you missed part one, uh, you might want to go back and listen to, today, to, to yesterday's episode. I believe that was 1143. And today's episode, I think, is 1,144. That's crazy, Mr. Producer. <laughs> We've done that many episodes, but uh, it's transforming. There's so many stories you're going to hear today from Megan and Joey and so many uh, lives that are being changed. So we want to keep rocking and rolling, and uh, hopefully this information helps you thrive in your business. So without further ado, here's my personal bookkeepers and dear friends, Joey and Megan Coberly down in Pensacola, Florida. So what do you see revenue-wise? Uh, I'm assuming January, February are, are kind of low. Are you seeing, like, what month is like, man, it seems like everyone's making bank this month. And kind of walk us through the calendar year of, of what you, because 40 businesses, you guys you guys see a lot. Like, what, what months are guys just crushing it? And, and what do you notice uh, on a month-to-month -month basis? Yeah, yeah. February is the worst. That's everybody's January, February, favorite. Yeah. I mean, January, you still got a little trickling in, but February, oftentimes they're hurting. Yeah. And, and really, we don't even see the cash flow till maybe May or June. So they're working that March, April, they're, they're bringing back up their services, but then the cash flow is really nice, more so in May or June. Although plenty of jobs have been done from March and April. 
Um, so yeah, January, February, slow February being the worst March through March through April. April is like they're really suck. busy because often, yeah, it's a, it's a big cash suck. It's almost more challenging because they're yeah. ramping up with yeah. little money that they've been surviving on for three months. And so you have to get all your equipment ready and everything. And you do all these jobs and you haven't got paid for them yet. So April's really, April might be the toughest April's month. Tough. I mean, it's tax a, season two. So yeah. you're, you're paying not only your state, but you're paying the IRS and then also on top of that, you're paying probably to re, what is it called? Re, um, it, it's different in every state, but every state wants, you know, your $50 to tell you you're an active business in the state. And so it's just a lot of things coming out in that month when they haven't been paid for those March and April jobs just yet. Yeah. So, you know, obviously they're paying laborers at that point, so on and so forth. So I would say actually in terms of, I mean, February, you feel it and you're nervous, but I think the hardest months in terms of cash are the March and April months. And then, you know, by May, typically you've, you've gotten sort of your process and your system down. For you're that. digging yourself out of the April hole. Yeah. You dig yourself <laughs> then, out of the April hole. And then July and August is the, is the bank months for yeah. sure. From what I've seen on average. And that's in usually, terms of invoicing, it yeah. tends to span through July and, you know, for the most part, October, I see. Although October in certain areas is certainly ramping down if we have yeah. Northern clients. And now we do uh, winter planning now in, we do November this year, um, which helps with all the October. Yeah. October is, excuse me. We did winter planning with all of our clients that had been with us for a year um, to help them manage their cash flow. you know, November, December, January, February. And so we, we did all of the break-even analysis and, you know, some guys were just like, what if I don't even, uh, care about any of I just want to sit around how much money can I live off of so it was just kind of we we made it for each unique situation and that was a lot of fun and it was challenging because you kind of have to do it on the fly you know because they're just you're getting feedback from everybody but everybody really really enjoyed that I think it helped a lot and and it was more of a stress reliever than anything um so we'll definitely be doing that again but uh yep plan to do the winter planning so obviously from October to December they're thinking a little bit about tax season. Should I make any purchases? Most of them have a, a decent amount of cash, although what they really want to know is, okay, how do I best allocate the cash knowing winter is coming? And, you know, it, lawn care is hard because as bookkeepers, you know, we don't own a landscaping business, but as bookkeepers, we think you're losing all your profits in those December, January, February months if you don't go get a second job. But naturally, that's also a plus for some business owners. That's why they want to own a landscaping business. And so there's different ways to strategize what that winter is going to look like. And so, yeah, October was was a good month of, of our meetings for that reason. That's great. What's the biggest mistake that you're seeing, you know, across the border, multiple businesses? You're like, ooh, you know, that, that mistake keeps popping up. And you already mentioned the, the the owners pay at the top of the program, but you can elaborate on that one. Yeah, another, or is there any other mistake? Another big one is paying laborers in winter. We see that really suck out cash. Well, it's just, you mean just like having them sit around and paying them? Well, yeah, yeah there's which, no income in winter, but somehow well, we have a lot of great guys, and so they just want to pay their guys, you know, through the winter. Which you know, it's it's fine if you want to do that, but it's like you're you know, you have to manage your cost of goods during the winter. So you really just need to plan with both you that works out for your employee because you don't want to just lay everybody off. Like right. I totally get that. Right. Um, no, I just mean there's a, it comes more from the, I want to be nice and I don't want to let them go. They might not return, but then, 
you know, you're not bringing in any income and you're just having them sweep the shop, which isn't generating you any income either. And so we have seen some of that suck the profits out in the winter time. But naturally speaking, you know, you can strategize so that you can keep those employees during the winter. It's just the fact that it has to be a strategy. Yeah. Keep your sales up to this amount. Can you at least get to this amount? You know, which is where a lot of that break even analysis came in for the winter. Um, uh, the biggest mistake, oh man, I, I, I'm forward looking so much that a lot of times I like to catch mistakes before they happen three years later. I'm, I'm a big believer in saving up a big cash hoard so you don't have cash problems later on when you're going from like 250 to a million, you know, like that middle ground everybody always talks about. I like to see a consolidation phase kind of where you're not just worried about sales all the time. I like to see you get to a certain point where you're maximizing efficiency on one or two crews. Um, you Your expenses are, are kind of low in terms of, uh, of the efficiency of the crew. So like all your overhead is at the lowest it would be during that revenue range before you have to add more overhead, right? So your profitability is at its highest point. Um, you save up, you know, just for probably a year, just save tons of money. And then whenever you're ready to scale, you've got all the cash to just feed that monster. And I, I think that's the biggest mistake is I see a lot of guys just worry about sales and chasing growth. And a lot of times they just keep taking out too many loans and it catches up with them after a while. So you, you really wouldn't have to take out that many loans if you just took a consolidation yeah. year and saved up a lot of cash. Just, you know, save up, you could save up 40 grand, you know, whenever you're making 250,000 and everybody's running on all cylinders and every, you just feel like you got it going on. Once you start adding that other crew, then you got to figure that one out, figure all the routes out you know, figure out other workers and you got other cash expenses with the truck and the trailer and everything. But if you got that cash, you can just kind of be at peace as you, as you go along through the middle ground more so than, you know, oh man, I got to go to the bank tomorrow and get a loan so I can do this because it's going to fix this problem. And you're just running around like a chicken with your head cut off, you know, because you didn't have the cash that your business is requiring to meet those sales numbers. So I, I think that's a big one, you know, and it gets like guys in debt and I, you know, me and you, Paul are both big believers in, you know, the, the bar slave to the lender. So, you know, I'm just, I, I, I love cash-based businesses that don't have to take out as much debt as the one that just feels obligated to all the time in order to meet the demands of their sales or their marketing department or whatever. So. Yeah. That problem tends to be seen in the question of, you know, how much would I need to make in order to pay for this? And it, to me, that question seems backward. To try it to get be, closer to the you, microphone, Megan. Yeah. Sorry. I, I leaned back at my seat. So the, that sort of problem in business comes out in the question of how much do I need to make on top line in order to be able to pay for these things? And I feel like that question is backward. It should be more of historically, how much do you make? And can I, can my business afford this? And of course, naturally after that comes, do I need it? And so often it's this idea of, okay, I want to add an employee. I want an extra truck. Um, you know, I can easily get that through a loan. I need another trailer and I like this piece of equipment. You know, just some of those thoughts that are always ruminating while you're sitting on a mower and you own a business, of course. But then the question comes, okay, if I want those things, how much do I need to make? And seemingly, like I just said, that just is backwards thinking. Historically, you should see what your business is making and how profitable, of course, you are so that you can know exactly where to allocate that cash. Yeah. And then going back to what we discussed earlier, you know, I, I can have the conversation of good debt, bad debt all day, but it really comes down to the psychology of how you spend your money, which is what we talked about earlier with the asset allocation. 
if if you always just think that your answer is to run to the bank and take out a loan and fix your problem, you're not thinking about it critically like you should. Psychologically, if you had the cash for it, you're going to be a little more choosy if you've got $15,000 in your pocket and you're like, man, I've only got $15,000 to work with. You're not going to go out and buy the $40,000 truck. You've only got $15,000 to work with. So you just saved, if you're thinking like that, you just save $25,000 and you don't even have residual payments to the bank. So, you know, it, and it compounds, you know, the, the more equipment you just keep buying and you just keep overspending just a little bit, you know, just a little bit on each purchase and, it, and you don't think anything of it. But if you're paying with cash, the, the best growth businesses I've seen or the healthiest ones, I guess I should say, have have all thought like that. They know value. I think that's the key is you and you, you can only really learn value when you buy with cash, you know, a lot of yeah. times. Um, it, otherwise you're just, you know, buying what I, I need at the impulse moment or whatever it was with the cash. You can just sit there, you're relaxed. You can go shop around. You can, you know, you can use leverage a little bit on somebody because you can talk them down because of your cash payments. Um, so I, I don't know. I just think it puts a lot more power back in your hands rather than somebody else. Yeah. I do think that's a really great problem. And probably the overall problem we see is not saving up, up, up enough cash to make it through that middle ground where the business does need to be capitalized quite rapidly. Mm-hmm. What's been uh, your favorite success stories or just, just bragging, lifting the trophy oh, here? Oh, yeah. Um, have, have you seen, you don't have to give us their names and stuff, but you could just, you know, I, I know you've had if some people. If you want people, a bookkeeper success story, then it's, it's catching a lawn buddy Evo problem where a client thought he had gotten paid for, I don't know, $6,000, $7,000 of work and actually hadn't. Um, so that that's not necessarily what bookkeeping is there to catch, but as a good bookkeeper, if that is what occurred in your business, then we will catch it. So that's maybe a pat on the back. And uh, yeah, sorry, long buddy. Um, hate to throw you under the bus, but not my favorite. So that was a good bookkeeping story. Now, in terms of, you know, like client and bookkeeper, if you want to brag on a client, we as Joey was saying, not many of our clients are in the million dollar mark, but we do have a few and they are, have all, all started with us. And so if we adopted them, not adopted, but if we signed them on as clients, you know, right around that typical mark, which is anywhere between 100,000, 250,000, even though we have clients that are making less. But if they sign on right around 100,000, 250,000, we have several that are in a million, which is phenomenal for doing that in three to four years, three years. since, Like Joey said, without, without just, you know, doing that loan thing I was talking about, you know, because that's another thing too, is fast scaling businesses with tons of debt. You know, we're not talking about that. We're talking about just organic growth, which is amazing. If you want to earn more money in your business, it may be as simple as raising your prices. Braden used our price increase letter, and what happened? Well, we've actually been in business for 32 years now. My dad started it, and then he handed the reins over to me. And in 32 years, he'd never increased the prices ever. And I knew that we had to make a change, so we actually got your price increase letter, increased the price by 20%, and um, we were doing around a million gross, up that to 1.2, and we had eight cancellations through the entire thing. So we raised our prices through that letter about 200 Say that, say that one more time. 
$200,000 that was sitting on the table that we weren't getting access to just through a letter. So it, it helped us out big time. So do you think the price increase letter uh, provided an ROI for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Beyond is probably the best investment we've made in 32 years. <laughs> that is awesome. You can get the price increase letter at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. It's a plug and play template. You just put in your information, insert date here, insert name here, and in the most straightforward, concise way, it explains to your customer why you're raising their price. It made him 200 grand each year, and then you're going to raise the price again next year. Exactly. Hey guys, Jason Creel here and want to invite you to the fourth annual Lawn Care Life Conference in Springville, Alabama. That's just outside Birmingham, Alabama, near my hometown. We have room for 300 tickets. The early bird ticket pricing is $197, and that includes your meals. We're talking about Friday night, most of the day Saturday. We're going to freeze you dinner, breakfast, and lunch. We've got great speakers lined up. I'm going to be there. My friend Paul Jamison is going to be there. Naylor Taliaferro, Jeremiah Jennings, Alan Hayne, the lawn care nut, Caleb and Brittany Allman, and my friend Jeremy. We've got a great lineup, a lot of excitement, and every year that we've done this event, the reviews have been fantastic. So come hang out with us, Springville, Alabama. If you need a ticket and want to register, you need to do so before it sells out because I really think it's going to sell out this year. This is Friday and Saturday, February 23rd and 24th in Springville, Alabama. To get a ticket, go to LawnCareLife.com and click on the link for conference. Are you looking to supercharge your lawn care business? Check out Footbridge Media. They'll optimize your online presence, manage your reviews, and provide personalized marketing consulting, all under a fixed price pledge with no hidden charges and a 90-day money-back guarantee. It's time to take your business to the next level. Visit GreenIndustryPodcast.com now to discover more about Footbridge Media, your bridge to success. We got some studs out there. And, and and some of those guys listen to my podcast. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. See, I, absolutely. I, that's wild. You got a good audience. Yeah. It's incredible. I just wish I could meet more of these guys because I hear these stories. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> when I'm making. Well, maybe. When maybe I'm making. Your event here. On yeah. And in and, 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 uh, February 23rd, 24th, guys, come, come to Alabama. It'll be a full circle because. That's when I met uh, Megan and Joey yeah. was in, that was February of 2020. And my bookkeeper at the time, she had a full-time job where she was earning over a hundred thousand a year for, for working for a big company. And I just wasn't her priority. Um, the, the way I had met her is I was, her, her, her brother was my friend and I was hanging out with my friend. And she came home from work to her, she was at her brother's house and um, I knew she was an accountant. So I was like, Hey, can I ask you a quick question? I'm sitting here asking her like nerdy quarterly taxes, like, you know, questions. And she could tell she's pretty discerning. She could tell that I was in um, some predicaments by, by the questions I was asking and things of that nature. So she, I think felt obligated to help me, but, but, but she was already making six figures. Like she didn't, there was no reason for her to help me other than she just felt bad for yeah. her for this lawn guy, you know, who's out there, you know, stressed out about money. But then when I came to Jason's event, I, you know, I saw you guys there and, and, and you're, you're like the uh, 2.9% uh, increase in attendance. But like you're, you're sitting here, uh, like nerded out on all this stuff. And so I was like, man, I was like, I, you know, I wonder if you guys would work with me. And so we started uh, working together and it's, it's been so helpful. Like, 
I'm not where I want to be, but I have so much more peace. Like, like mm-hmm. I know what's going on. And, and when you can see yeah. the monster under the bed, it's not as scary. And, and then you get a battle plan. And I remember right. Joey, you were like, um, you need to make at least this much revenue every month mm-hmm. to break even. And since you told me that that's that month, and this was years ago now, I've always made from what yes, I can understand, I've yeah. never may, had a month where I made less than that because I, I wake up every morning and it's kind of like a game to me. How fast uh-huh. in the month can I hit cross that? Yeah. And then from there, it's kind of like uh, extra yeah, credit or bonus. So, but, yeah, but you're, you're, go ahead. But I never had somebody to, to like put it to me that like black and white, like, mm-hmm. hey, if you pay yourself this amount of salary, you know, owners draw salary, whatever. And, and typically you have this amount of expenses every month. If you're going to have a profitable business each month, hit this number. Mm-hmm. And I have since that conversation, I've yeah. always yeah. hit that number. Really- and to brag on Paul, you know, he's, he hasn't just hit that number. He like, he blew it out of the water ever since. Like it wasn't even close. Yeah. So Paul, you might not be where you want to be, but you're certainly not where you used to be. And that's, you <laughs> right. Know, right. It's and, good and to know you're there. But no, you guys you have, like- I, I'm giving you guys a lot of the, the, the Thanksgiving and gratitude and appreciation for guiding me because I, I feel like no, nobody, no, nobody talks like this. Like nobody explains this stuff yeah. to us and we're all. Joey's got a brain that can just simplify it. You know, one thing he's working on right now for our clients is, is the price, their pricing models, you know, pricing estimates come with about 50 different numbers you have to input that will spit out your number or whatnot. And Joey, you know, looks at that and just says, this can be way simpler and way better. And so he's working on, you know, something like that. So that is certainly Joey's knack for taking something that only, you know, maybe the best of the best can understand and helping a three-year-old understand it, if you will. And that, you know, that's not, that's a real skill. It's not a bash on anybody at all. It's, there are certain things that I do not understand. And so I think you often quote somebody about, you know, don't, don't, you don't know something if you can't explain it to a 10 year old or something. Wow. I think that's, it's like a five year old. I think Buffett said that. I think, you, yeah. How well do you understand your material? And the true test is trying to tell a five year old about it or something like that. And I, I love that. And one of my biggest pet peeves about the finance industry is just yeah. how, I don't know if they even intentionally do it or, or what, but they just talk over everybody's heads all the time. And I'm like, dude, nobody has any idea what you're talking about unless you're talking to another finance guy. Yeah. Like, and honestly, on a podcast, it sounds very much like that. We sound like we're just talking over you. I mean, there's probably words we use that we don't stop and define, but in those monthly meetings where you're getting, you know, you're getting to see us 11, no, 10 months out of the year, then we can stop and we can define those terms and we can backtrack and we can see, okay, we haven't quite put that piece in place. Like I thought we had, mm-hmm. let's go back to that. And that's sort of the advantage mm-hmm. of, of that year with us and getting you young in business is the ability to, you know, hope, hope and feel like we're not talking over you. Cause that's the goal is not to make this complicated. Yeah. And I appreciate as things did for, in my situation, I had a few good months. Joey pointed out to me in, 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 in 23, when things popped off a few months, unfortunately, my expenses creeped up too. And he kind of pointed that Mm -hmm. out to me like, Hey, what Mm -hmm. if we keep going gung ho and, and getting nice revenues coming in, but let's 
you know, live simple here and not not keep having yeah. these big yeah. expenditures. And and that's even helped me. And I feel like I'm getting I feel like I'm getting better and better. You guys may disagree, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying, you know, today I went to the grocery store, for example, and got groceries and like instead of like eating out and, and blowing money and just like I'm I'm trying to live like I'm broke and, and live yeah, live very simple and start to build that margin up. But it but it helps when and, you guys point that out. Yeah. And I, I think if you well, you listen to Dave Ramsey all the time. Once you think like that for a long period of time, you almost always think like that. You'll always you're practicing contentment. You know, 20 years from now, you know, when you're worth, you know, multi, multi millions of dollars or whatever, you'll still be thinking like that, you know, and that'll that saves you exponentially amount of money yeah. over time. And it makes you a better person, too. You're just content. You're not chasing uh, production and consumption like we do here in America. A lot of times, you know, just always, it makes you just happy for what you have. And yeah. if you're always, if you're always thinking about, you know, every little purchase and, and just trying to make your dollar go the farthest, you know, that I don't know. I, I just think that's uh, makes for a happier person. So. Right. And then not only does that give you freedom, but it also gives, it gives you the ability to be generous. Like you want to be very likely. Cause I know a lot of people who like seriously go into debt to be be kind and generous. And I, I just, Ooh, I don't know if I could do that myself. And so those habits stay with you mm-hmm. and allow you to give like nobody else as Dave Ramsey would say. Right. Yeah. Well, you, you guys have definitely helped me and and I hate that. And people don't realize, I, I guess so many of my listeners, I, I poke the bear when I start talking about debt and it's not just because Dave Ramsey doesn't like that either. That's a part of, yeah. of what's influenced me. But I've gone to college and paid the student loans and know what it's like a decade later to still be paying those student loans. And I haven't fully mm-hmm. added up between the debts of my stupid past of how much penalties I paid and how much interest I paid and how much just stupid tax I paid. But it's so annoying that I am i don't plan on borrowing money ever again other than possibly a mortgage. Like, I just don't like paying interest and penalties and whatever the debt stuff is like I've done it. It's like, I've tried it and I don't like it at all. And and I just, um, anyway, it's, 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 I was just gonna say, it's just very psychological. I can make good arguments for using debt. You know, me and Megan deal with finance all the time. Like there is good debt and bad debt, but to me, it's the it's, dollars work out. But it's, it's just the psycho- it's the, the psychology of how you feel as a person, you know, and some some people are better at handle, handling yeah. stress. But I, I think a lot of times the guys that are really good at um, using a lot of debt and feeling comfortable with it, a lot of times, you know, when you bring a spouse into the equation, the spouse might not feel the same way. And I want to be on the same page with my spouse, you know, so you don't want to, you know, be stressing your spouse out because of your your debt that you just like to keep taking yeah. on. So you want to be on the same page there as well. So I don't know. I just think it brings a lot more peace to your home. Generally speaking, I'd say probably 95% of the time. Yeah. And you used an example earlier about buying a vehicle with a loan versus uh, uh, debt free. And I had, I had somebody call me as two or three days ago, he called me and he's like, bro, he's like, how did you buy that, that new truck cash? And uh, cause he's thinking he's looking at getting new trucks or whatever. And he's like, what was it like 40 grand? And I said, no. And I said, I, it was actually, I, I read a book by uh, uh, Chris Voss, I think is his name. It's about negotiating. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I called the dealership and, and did, I, I basically was going through the book like line by line because uh, I was doing text yeah. first. <laughs> so I, I like texted yeah. the, the whatever he said in the book. I just yeah. texted it. And I was like, okay, 
Final offer, I can give you whatever it was, like $15,623. Like I had a literally to like, it was an odd number like that. I was like, I'll give you that plus the keys to my my other Kia. I said, see you to the Kia and, and, and 15,623, but no nonsense. Like you can't add some speaking fee or title fee or like, you know, a car key like fee. And then like that, I'm bringing a, a, a cashier's check for that amount. You give me the key and the title and we got a deal. And, and he said, deal. So I went to the bank and I got a check for 15,000 and, and whatever number it was, it was, it was, it was under 16 grand. And I went to the car dealership with that 15,000 and my Kia key and title. And I gave it to him and I got a really, really, really nice truck. I mean, people think it's brand yeah. new. Like it's yeah. people. That's, yeah. That's what it totally links back to what we were saying where, you know, that if you don't have the cash, you just don't have much power. Like debt sort of sucks the, the power from your choice and your, and your negotiations. Whereas with that cash, you know, what people see is a $40,000 asset and maybe it even was, I, I don't know what truck you have or what year or anything, but you know, those are the types of deals that business owners with cash can, can find on the market mm -hmm. because not they, they have the opportunity, they have the cash, you know, if they have the cash. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, two, like, it's a 2016. Go ahead, Joey. I was going to say it's what you're telling me is what a lot of, uh, really wise guys in business talk about all the time. There's a huge difference between price and value. Mm -hmm. And that didn't really hit me until probably five or six years ago. And it, now it's just kind of like the way I think like uh, that, that truck, you, you got that on, you know, you got that on sale basically, you know, with how you pay cash for it. And uh, Warren Buffett talks about this all the time. He's like, you want to buy $1 bills for 50 cents. And he just does it over and over and over again. And then all those 50 cents eventually hit their realized value of a dollar or, you know, past that. And, and that's, that's the difference in price and value right there. You know, the, uh, for example, the stock market's always calling out the price of the stocks every single day here, this stock for this amount, this stock for this amount. And then one day, you know, it's just on sale, you know, it's it, the, it, everybody's saying, no, we don't want it at that price. And eventually it drops and you're buying $1 bills for 50 cents. You can do that with literally everything though. It doesn't even have to be stocks. Like the, right. the, the truck's a fine example. Yeah. And I, I paid 300 bucks to have it like professionally detailed, uh, like a month after I had it. And it looks so new that multiple people thought it was literally like a brand new truck. It was new to me, mm -hmm. but like they thought it was the newest model, like a 2023 right. Ford F-150, because it does look on the outside immaculate. And on the inside, it looks mm -hmm. like it looks brand new. I, I, you know, I'm not a big like car person. I don't know the difference between 2023 and 2016. Yeah. Like they, they, I'm happy with what I got. And, <laughs> and, uh, anyway, my buddy that called me, I don't, I don't know how far I got with him. Cause he, you know, was like, oh, I want something reliable. I'm like, dude, I just, I drove my truck to Ohio and back with a pressure washer in the back of it. I drove it to South Carolina and back. Um, I, I'm, I'm all, I'm zipping up and down the United States in this mm -hmm. thing. And it's, it's reliable to me. And it's got a nice uh -huh. bed and, 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 uh, but anyway, I could see where I only spent 15 K I could see someone just aimlessly going out to the dealership and it starts at 43 and then they add all this and it's 50, but they don't care because they're just paying a 400 bucks a month. Yeah, so they don't, or, they can afford the loan or, payment or they don't care because it's tax deductible. I hear that all the time. Oh, 
Well, I hope you guys enjoyed part two with Megan and Joey. We're going to have part three coming up on tomorrow's program. Well, have you reserved your seat yet for the 2024 Lawn Care Life Conference? It's happening February 23rd and 24th at the Matthews Manor in Springville, Alabama. Uh, this year's event's bigger and better. Uh, it's the fourth time Jason's doing his Lawn Care Life Conference. I was at the third one. It was phenomenal and uh, looking forward to getting back to the uh, Alabama. Uh, Alan Haynes coming, Caleb Allman, Naylor Taliaferro, Payjack's going to be there. Uh, Jeremiah Jennings, myself, of course, uh, Jason Roll Tide Creole. And uh, we're going to talk about how to elevate your earnings, all kind of practical uh, knowledge of how to work on your business, not just in your business. Uh, this is a suburb of Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, I would stay in Trustville, Alabama, uh, at the Hilton Garden Inn there um, or the Hampton Inn there. I like the Hilton Garden Inn a little bit better than the Hampton Inn, but those are the, the hotel options there in uh, Alabama. Now the event's actually in Springville, Alabama, but, um, there's no hotels in Springville. You will quickly find out it's a small little town in Alabama. Uh, but Jason's family owns 80 acres there. So that's, that's where we're having the, the event. Wonderful time of networking as well. Uh, we're going to have a uh, taco bar dinner on Friday night, eat some tacos in Alabama. It doesn't get much better than that, Mr. Producer and uh, talk shop, hang out. And then uh, we'll have breakfast and lunch for you on Saturday, February 24th, um, as well as Caleb, Brittany Allman, Naylor Taliaferro, Alan Hain, Jeremy Vest, Jason Krill, myself, Payjack, Jeremiah Jen, and so many of our friends are coming in from all over the U.S. of A. I don't know if we have any international friends coming, but uh, that'd be pretty cool. Anyway, uh, the registration is limited to 300 people, so... Uh, if you know you're going, please reserve your seat today so it does when it gets sold out that you don't get left out in the cold. But you can join us for the fun at the 2024 Lawn Care Life Conference. Link to register is in today's show notes. Hey, it's Paul. Is it time to elevate your lawn care business with Jobber? As a field service management software, Jobber has been a game changer for me since 2019, streamlining everything from quotes to payments and making customer communication a breeze. Tap the link in our show notes and see why over 200,000 home service pros trust Jobber to grow their business. Click the link in today's show notes or visit Visit getjobber.com forward slash Paul to learn more. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.